Well, it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. We're going to go through the good person test, okay? Okay. Question one, how many lies have you told in your whole life? Hmm, a lot. Okay. What do you call someone who tells a lot of lies? A liar. Very good. Next question. Have you ever stolen anything, even something small? Not that I can think of. Okay. What about uh, illegally downloading music or movies or anything like that? Hmm. Let's see. Where I was at the time, it was not illegal. Okay. It's complicated because where I was, it wasn't legal to do it. But then coming back to the U.S., it's illegal to do it here. I'm not sure if it's illegal if you already have it, so I'm not entirely sure. All right. Let's try a different uh, scenario. Okay. You're at work. You're at your job. Mm -hmm. Do you always give 100% of your time and effort to the job that you are hired to do, or do you occasionally slack off? 110%. 110% every time. Man, you surely are a liar. No, I worked at lifeguarding for a while, so you always had to be on duty, and then when I, whenever I was on breaks, I went in and helped around with the kids and uh, like did stuff with them because I was working at camp. So I did more than the job asked for, so I literally gave over 100%. All righty. I'll, I'll, I'll let you have that one. I don't believe you, but I'll let you have it. All right, Drake, next one. Uh, have you ever used God's name as a curse word? Um, since I'm Jewish, I can say that no, I have not, since the official, the name that you'd use in vain would be the Jewish pronunciation, pronunciation and the Hebrew pronunciation, which I cannot pronounce. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. One more. This is the big one. Okay. Okay. Now, I know you're Jewish, yeah. so you know the Ten Commandments. You know, that's kind of what I've been using here is some of the Ten Commandments. The uh, Bible says, do not commit adultery. Yes. Well, someone took that a step further and said, let's look at your thought life. Mm-hmm. Said, if you look with lust, it's the same as committing adultery in your heart. Yep. Have you ever committed adultery in your heart by looking with lust? Yes, I have. So, Drake, I've gone through four of the Ten Commandments, and you've admitted to breaking two of them, yep. lying and adultery. So, look. And also, we'll say, though, in this, that same passage in the Bible, it says, I've read parts of the Bible, not all of it, that if you know that you constantly sin or something causes you to sin, that you should, if you commit adultery through your eyes, you should gouge out your eyes, or that you should cut off your hand, or so on, it causes you to sin. And I know there are a lot of people that sin, and I've never seen somebody actually do that. So I'm not sure if it should be taken literally. Well, that passage uh, w- would be considered hyperbole, yeah. you know, uh, going to the extreme yeah. to make a point. So, but Drake, going back to uh, you broken two of God's commands. Yep. Say you were to die today, right now, mm-hmm. and you were to stand before God on Judgment Day. Do you think you would go to heaven or to hell? If anything, I'd say I'd be in a gray area somewhere in between because I've not lived the perfect life, but I've helped a lot more people than I've hurt. Okay, there's no such gray area in the Bible, so it's got to be heaven or hell. What do you think? I'd fall. You'd go to hell? Yep. Does that concern you? 
the reason that I consider I would go to hell is because I don't believe uh, in uh, e- either the Old or New Testament, and uh, as such, then it doesn't concern me since I don't believe in it. Okay, well, if I don't believe in a truck and run out in the middle of the street, it doesn't matter if I believe in it or not, right? Yep, that is true. So, listen, you say you're Jewish. Yes. So, you got the Old Testament, the Torah. Uh, why don't you believe in that, even though you say that you're Jewish? I'm Jewish because my mom is Jewish and Jewish is more part of... And a lot of atheists still celebrate Christmas or something along those lines. Sort of, the U.S. is a very strong Christian culture. And since my mom is Jewish and I've read parts of the Torah and I... And I sigh a lot with the spirit of the thing and the ideals represented in a lot of parts of the Old Testament. So I associate with that. So my, but my religious beliefs are atheist as in I don't believe that there is a higher power or if there is a higher power, then I don't believe that either the Old or New Testament fully capture it. Just since there are hyperboles, there are things that are wrong in the Old and New Testament. And it's just to take the laws of physics. If you find an error in one of the laws of physics, there's one situation where it's not correct, then there has to be something wrong with it, the whole thing. So if there are, people have found a lot of holes in both the Old and New Testament, and it's just, if part of the book's wrong, and it's a lie, or it's, it was a totally different tangent, how do I know that the rest of the book's true? So I couldn't dedicate my life to knowing some, to a book, to a belief, if I don't know it to be 100% true. Okay, so Drake, you, you said that there's a lot of holes in the Old and the New Testament. Yeah. Name one. Um, uh, let's see. My first one would be that at some points in the Old Testament, let's see, God could not drive them out of the valley for they had carriages of iron. And while in other parts of the Old Testament it says that God is all-powerful. How at... So I'm trying to remember different things. Noah's Ark is physically impossible based off the number of animals in it. Or also, if you do not believe in evolution or Noah, if you believe that evolution not happen and you believe in Noah's Ark, sloths are a very interesting creature. Sloths go about three miles a day at most. And judge, based off the historical context, Noah's Ark would have landed roughly in Western Asia. So how would sloths have sloths that move three mile th- three miles a day have gotten to South America from west from Western Asia? Yeah, Western Asia, over the few thousand years since Noah's Ark would have theoretically landed after the forty day flood. You're listening to Witness Radio. That brings me back to what we were originally talking about—the good person test. You know, you admitted to lying and to adultery of the heart. Yep. You know, so you yourself, you're not perfect, right? I am not. Nowhere close. Okay. So, the mistakes you've made, what does the Bible call those? Sins. Right. And the Bible says that uh, the punishment for sin is death. And specifically, a, a death in a place called hell. Uh, says all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and sulfur. Says um, adulterers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yep. So, you know, Drake, I wanna I wanna uh, urge you and, and plead with you to to think about you know those things. You know, I'm sure there you probably got a lot more sins in your life than just the two that we mentioned. 
Think about every sin that you've ever committed. You know, every time you've ever told a single lie, every time you've ever looked wrongly at a woman or, or at a man in this day and age, and think about how the God of the Bible, you know, the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament, he sees every wrongdoing you've ever done. Every time you've looked at a woman to lust after her, he saw that. And he says that because of your wickedness, because you have sinned against him, you've broken his holy law, that you deserve to go to hell. And that concerns me. And I, I hope that it will concern you one day. But, Drake, I just before, before I finish up with you, I just want to mention to you that there is a way of escape. There is a way to be to have your slate wiped clean. I know, to accept Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, and et cetera, et cetera, truly believe in God, realize that you have sinned and repent upon it. Well, can I share with you what the Bible says? Mm-hmm. The Bible says this. Well, let me go to what Jesus said first. Jesus said you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. When he said that, he, he meant that you need to be uh, born of the Spirit. Yes. You know, not just born of the flesh coming out of your mother's womb, but born of the Spirit, born again. You need to have, um, you know, just a total change of person. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about uh, when you put on Christ, you are no longer uh, uh, one person. You are a new creation. You're a new person in Christ. Um, and that's a, a, an example of that could be seen in uh, people who say that they're Christian and their life actually has changed drastically. Excuse me. But uh, so to be born again, Jesus said this, Mark 1.15, he said, repent and believe the gospel. Now, a lot of people think repent just means say you're sorry or or go and confess your sins to a priest. Believe that you are truly sorry, acknowledge your sins, and know that you shall change, not do them again. Is that at least what my understanding of what repentance is? Well, repentance in a nutshell is doing a 180. Okay. Um, for example, we got the TUC behind you here. Say you go into the TUC and you realize you made a mistake. You, you don't want to be in there. What do you have to do to repent. Leave it. Right. Turn around, walk out the door. That's repentance in a nutshell. Right now, you're, you love your sins. You, you're, you're following your own desires, your own will, your own flesh. You love your sin. And God says to repent, to turn away from your sins. Not just say you're sorry. You should be sorry. They're wrong. But not just to say you're sorry. Not just to confess to God. You should confess them. They were wrong. But he says to turn away from them, to give them up, to let them go, and to go not just, you know, in a different direction, but in the complete opposite direction, a full 180. And when you walk away from your sin, you walk towards God. And that's where the believe in the gospel part comes in that Jesus talked about. He said believe in the gospel, and later on in uh, the Bible it talks about what the gospel is. The gospel is this. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He was God in the flesh. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He never lied. He never uh, looked with lust. And then 
he was beaten. He was uh, punched and kicked and whipped, uh, tortured, basically. Uh, and then he was hung on a cross. You know this story. You've heard it. You know, he was hung on a cross by his hands and feet with nails piercing them. He died on that cross. Do you know why he died on that cross? For our sins. I, that's what's always said. He, he died on the cross for your sins. Now, let me, let me try to explain that a little bit, okay? Jesus dying on the cross for your sins, a lot of people think, oh, that makes perfect sense. Well, a lot of times it doesn't. Let me put you in a courtroom scenario, okay? You're standing before a judge. You're guilty. The, the court has found you guilty, and the judge is about to pass sentence. And he says, there are two options here. One, you can pay a million-dollar fine. Two, I can throw you in jail and you can rot. If you don't have a million dollars to pay the fine, there's only one option, isn't there? Yeah. What's that option? To be in jail, rot. Right. Well, just before he's about to send you to jail, because you can't pay your fine, someone you don't know walks into the courtroom, pays the fine on your behalf. Now, justice has been served because the fine has been paid. The penalty has been paid for your sin, for your breaking of the law. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. We deserve to die. We deserve to go to hell. But Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. And he rose again on the third day proving that he was God, but also defeating death and hell. You see, when he said, repent and believe the gospel, that wasn't just a nice uh, thought, or that wasn't just a, a good teaching from some regular man. That was, that was craziness. You know, repent and believe the gospel meant a total change. You know, like, like he said, to be born again. And Drake... That's what you and everybody else needs to do if they're going to have any chance of getting out of hell. And not just a slim chance, but 100%. Once you do that, once you turn away from your sin and you put your trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, God will forgive you every sin. You know, go back to the sins that we were talking about. Go back to the sins that you were thinking about in your mind that nobody knows about. God knows them, and he will forgive them. If you repent, turn away from your sin, and put your trust in him and him alone. So actually, I have one question. I will say Jesus suffered terrible tortures, but there have been people throughout history that have suffered significantly worse some of them being uh, as free of sin as humanly possible if, if they're innocents or children or something along those lines why does none of that do anything to absolve sin if somebody makes a small sin they tell one lie their whole life and they are tortured next to death but they do not repent for that lie because that lie saved somebody's life somebody important to them and saved their life and they do not feel sorry for that lie because they believed in it. It saved someone. Will they still burn in hell? 
people go to hell because they've broken God's law. And the Bible says that if you've broken even one law, you it's the same as breaking it all. All sin is, is the same to God. You know, now granted, there may be extenuating circumstances, but God knows that. Um, for example, if you were to steal bread to feed your family because you, you couldn't feed them, you couldn't afford to buy food, God made provision for that, I believe it's in the Old Testament, where he said, you know, if you do that, I understand, but make provision for it. Pay it back. Fourfold. You know, he's not a God that just says, you know, all sin, I don't care what the, what the excuse is or what the reason is for it, everybody goes to hell. But that's the difference, though, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you actually read the Torah instead of the Old Testament, the word hell is not in it. It was later retranslated to be a, to be hell. It used to be a different word that's similar but different because there actually there were stages and levels of when you died, depending on how good or how bad you were, you could go to hell. You could have your soul be va vanished from the earth. You could be reincarnated. You could go to paradise. There were different levels in between. And with Christianity, it's either eternal bliss or eternal damnation. If you tell... Like like I just said, one lie, there's nothing in there in the Bible it says ignore the law of the Old Testament. That would include ignoring the pay it back fourfold. Both Saint Peter and Jesus say that. Um, which ignores a number of other laws, including uh for one kosher and all the there's I'm trying to remember what book it is and the whole list of things you cannot do that are including the wearing cloth, multiple fabrics, so on, that everybody talks about how silly it is. That stuff's all said to be pushed out the window. And instead it's replaced with a set of you either do this and you have perfect bliss or you mess up. If you mess up once, you don't repent, then eternal damnation. So if you make one mistake and you don't repent for it, no matter how small it is, you're eternally damned. Or even, or maybe you don't make one mistake. Maybe you make a number, but if you're, you, there's no middle ground. There's no middle line. Well, that's how holy and just God is. He said he he cannot have sin before him. You know, you, you mentioned how there's a lot of other people who have suffered a, a worse. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say, if he cannot have sin before him and he is all powerful, then why doesn't he change anything? Then why doesn't he stop? I understand that some people are judged, that is the current belief Christianity, that the hardships in life are to prepare you, to judge you, to see if you're worthy entering the kingdom of God, to make you a stronger person. But if there's someone who's put in a battle that they cannot beat no matter what they do, if there is a child that's given a horrible, painful disease, why doesn't he stop that? Well, he did change things. That's why he sent Jesus. Um, we were the cause of death, pain, suffering, because we've sinned. Sin brought a curse upon the whole world so, throughout all ages. So, just going to say, so stealing, taking one apple, going against the word, going against the law one time is enough to bring about all sin. It wasn't 
the taking of an apple that was the sin. It was going against God's word. It was disobeying God's command. Just like how God has said, do not lie and do not commit adultery, you've broken those. So you're guilty. Yes. You know? And going through the rest of the commandments, I'm guilty. We're all guilty. That's, that's the thing. We're all guilty before God. Nobody is perfect except one, and that's Jesus. Yes, I understand. And what he did for us in spite of the fact that we're wretched people, we're sinful people, we've all broken his law. In spite of that, he died for us. He took your place and my place on the cross. And he says, all you got to do, repent, believe in the gospel, and you'll be saved. No, no works, no, no praying 50 times a day, no... No uh, making sure you, you reach out to a hundred people for, for my name or anything like that. He says, repent. Turn from your sin. Put your trust in me, in Jesus Christ. You'll be saved. That's it. I'm just asking if breaking any of God's words, his will, is equally bad... That is still, I understand the theory behind it, the symbolism, the meaning, but going against his word once and taking the apple, was that really enough to not just send us internal, like take away eternal life, give us pain, give us suffering, give us disease, but set us in situations where it's so much easier, so much easier to sin, where, we, where people sin even to survive? Do you know what you're doing right now? Questioning God? Well, yes, but more specifically, you're putting yourself above God. You're putting yourself in the judge's chair and putting him in your spot as the criminal. That's what you're doing, and that's called idolatry. That's breaking the second commandment. I will say, I do not wish to place myself above him because I'm not sure I would have done any better than him. I just want to ask him why he did it. If he has some reason that he would do something like that, or a reason behind all the stuff going on in the world. I don't think I could run it better. I'm not sure anybody can run it better. I'm not sure if it's even being run, since I'm not sure if there's a God. But if there is one, I just want to ask him why is all of it like it is? To glorify him. So, you're saying it's purely narcissism? Again, idolatry. You're, you're putting you yourself above to, God. You said to glorify Him, so you're saying to He's doing it all for His own glory. Everything. It, it is so that we would glorify Him and praise Him forever because of His mercy and His justice and His greatness. You see... So, if you want someone to... Uh, love you I, I'm I know you're going to say I'm committing idolatry again I'm just going to try to speak, see this on human terms since I can't understand God's will so would you have uh, someone you know walk them up put them in prison beat them, hurt them and then you come in and save them you give them food when you're starving and so on so that they will praise you and love you 
when you're the person that had them get hurt in the first place. That doesn't make sense to me. And it won't, and your, your analogy is flawed, um, but I don't have time to go into all, all of the reasons why it's flawed, but it, it is flawed. There, there's missing information in that. Oh, yeah, I understand it's not complete, it's just... But listen, okay. the point is this, okay? Get rid of all the arguments, all, 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 all the debates... You know, all all the people who claim to be Christian that make God look bad. Okay, get rid of all of that. The the end result, the end matter is you and God. You know, nobody else matters come judgment day. It's going to be you versus God. Whether you believe in him or not. And if you have any sin... In your life, if you've committed even one, you will be consumed by the fire. But God loved you enough to make a way for you to be clean, to be sin-free, so that you could go to heaven, so that you could escape the flames. There's no more loving act in all the world than someone who is willing to give up their life for another. And Jesus did that for you. And I want to encourage you to turn from sin, to trust in Him, but I want to encourage you to humble yourself Stop putting yourself above God. Humble yourself. Bow your knee to Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says this, if you don't bow your knee now here on earth, you will bow your knee on judgment day before he casts you into hell. And that's that's terrible news. And I hate that I have to share it with you, Drake. I understand. But it's very important that you know that. The thing is, just as it is, I can't accept him because of the flaws in the New Testament, because how he's not yet done that which the Messiah in the Old Testament was said to do. In a number of ways, because from what I've seen, I can't see a world where there is some peaceful loving, omnipotent, omnipresent deity above us. Just from a life and good people that I've seen hurt, I can't bring myself to believe it yet. For the things that I've done that I'm against, I've personally repented I've changed, not because of God, but because of me and the people I care about. And for the rest of my actions, I will stand by them, because I'm not necessarily proud of what I've done, but I do not regret it for most of the things I've done. And unless something changes, that's how I'm going to keep living my life. You're listening to Windows Radio. Random question about Christianity that I've not had a chance to ask somebody yet. New Testament, Jesus, St. Peter both say ignore the laws of the Old Testament, including kosher. 
However, kosher is the only mentioned in the New and Old Testament that says what you can and can't eat. In this case, explicitly human flesh. In the New Testament, there's never any mention that cannibalism is not allowed. So if somebody decided, if you you were stranded somewhere, somebody died, and uh, you uh, the rest of people need to eat to survive, or they will die too, is cannibalism okay or not? Because it doesn't mention the Bible, it does not say it any point that I know of that cannibalism is not allowed besides keeping kosher which is Old Testament not no longer rule because if it was then all the Christians that eat pork would also be sinners I don't have the time to go into all that okay. Google it I, I'm sure you cannibalism is okay as long as you're not actually hurting somebody and as long as you're not just doing it for no reason and so on wouldn't eating someone hurt them? If I know that three people are starving and I say, I want you to live and I kill myself, I have sinned through suicide, Would but they wouldn't have sinned through eating me if I tell them specifically like, to eat me. They don't hurt me. Or if not, maybe if I died by accident, we're all trapped in a cave and rocks fell down, but there's water, but there's no food. And one person gets hit in the head and dies by one of the rocks, then they, they wouldn't be hurt anymore since they're already dead. Well, it sounds like you've got another question that you're going to have to ask God on Judgment Day. I do. I have a number. Witness Radio has been brought to you by the Muniac family.